0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in for the seventh episode of our podcast, Groundbreakers. On this podcast, we interview early stage founders and real estate investors to hear their stories of what led them to have success in their career and their journey from zero to one. I'm joined today by Tomas Garcia, CEO of ARCS. ARCS is an AI driven real estate analytics platform that automatically underwrites the future potential of millions of properties in advance, empowering developers, investors, and agents to source and evaluate optimal investment and development opportunities in seconds. Thanks so much for joining us today, Thomas. Very excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, uh, so would love to hear your story. You know, what were you doing before ARCS? I know you've been in the real estate space for the last three and a half years, but I saw you're also at Goldman. Like, just share with us the story of how you ended up here.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, a, lot, lot, a lot of twists and turns. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I, uh, I, as an undergrad, like I, st- I, as an undergraduate student, I studied quantitative economics and international relations. Um, I was always super interested in sort of macroeconomic movements, and uh, what was going on out there in the world. Uh, I started my career at Goldman Sachs in New York. Uh, I started off as of a, of a capital markets team, uh, in natural resources. Ultimately I ended up transferring over to do, uh, more classic investment banking again in natural resources. Um, but still, you know, the, the real estate world, um, is relatively new for me. Uh, so I actually like my, my whole, whole prior career was, was all in, in, uh, you know, I started off in oil and gas and then ultimately transitioned over to renewable power, uh, before I went on to get my JD MBA at the university of Chicago. Um, so again, always just super focused on business finance and the legal side of things. Um, i am I, I am a glutton for punishment uh, so in addition to being a recovering investment banker i'm also a licensed attorney uh, in the state of california uh, so that's that's always that's always a fun one uh, but yeah so really like what what brought me here today was uh was a phone call um so actually i got a uh one, one day uh when i was a banker i got a phone call from my brother uh, who's my co-founder he was he's was He was and still is a licensed architect. Uh, and and he just called me up one day and said, you know, have you ever been interested in doing some real estate development? Uh, and the honest answer to that question was no. Uh, I had never, never thought about real estate, uh, for a second. Um, but you know, for, for whatever reason that day, I said, yeah, I said, yes. Um, you know, I'm very interested in, in, in doing something together. Uh, and so that's ultimately, uh, that answering yes to that question, uh, is what brought me here today. Um so out of out of sort of a background of academia and m- much more into saying you know let's let's uh let's swing some hammers and flip some homes
0: that's amazing. um I love the the call out for gluttony of pain and um I think your pedigree is crazy, so super super relevant for real estate because there's so much regulation in the space So that's awesome to hear. Um, yeah. I feel like starting a co-founder or starting a company with a family member is pretty atypical. Uh, My parents are dentists and they both work together. So people Mm -hmm. are always like, how do they do it? So my question to you is like, how has that been working with your brother? Like that must be super cool, but also can be frustrating, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's I I love it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's uh, it makes HR meetings very short. Um, It's usually just one of us raises their hand and says, I have a complaint. And then the other one's like complaint denied. It's over. Moving on. Uh, But no, no, in all seriousness, like I I, working with family uh, is something that's very special um, because there is sort of this, you know, there's decades of of sort of trust and understanding and experience between the two of you. So, um, you know, I, I mentioned that that sort of when we started doing our own development work, that's really that was my introduction to the real estate industry. Uh, but my brother has been, you know, he's, he, uh, he did, uh, he did the architecture program at university of Pennsylvania. He went on to, to get, uh, his master's of architecture from, from Harvard. He is a real estate guy through and through. He's worked on, you know, projects all over the world, all sorts of sizes from like the highest end, uh, residential luxury development in Manhattan, all the way to like facilities, right? Like we're talking like airports and, 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 uh, and, uh, Uh, infrastructure projects so one of the things that i love the most about working with with somebody who i have such a high degree of trust in is that we we trust each other to you know to handle our domain um so you know my my domain expertise very much is is the financial side of business from 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 investment banking you know my business school background the legal side of things uh and he really you know he knows real estate through and through and that's obviously we've we've learned a lot about each other's areas of expertise and areas of domain so we 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 you know some spirited debates but um working with somebody like that that you you just you implicitly uh you you know that what they're going to do uh and what what you know their, their instincts are right uh, that's just it's just phenomenal uh, it makes our decision making process so quickly uh it makes it so easy to have sort of um you know some of those harder conversations which can often derail a founding team uh in terms of Uh, you know, the, the hard conversations about the direction of the company, the, the, the customers that we should be going after, the general strategy. Um, it's very efficient because there's no politics. Um, you know, we each tell it how it is and then we work through any disagreements, uh, on the fly. And at the end of the day, you know, we still both have to, have to come home for Thanksgiving. Uh, and so that's, you know, there's, there's a very strong incentive to, to keep things cordial and, and figure out problems, uh, before they become bigger
0: issues. No, that's awesome. It it sounds like you guys have an awesome relationship. I feel like working with family can be quite tense, but the people that are able to figure it out like have yeah. a really really good relationship, and then can build some amazing companies. Yeah. So, seems like you guys have something going on that's really special. So, thanks for sharing. Um, so I guess kind of going off of yeah, that, of course. Like, what gave you enough confidence to start ARCs and leave Goldman? I know your brother yeah. called you and said like, have you thought about real estate? Like, you know. Banking really has a path forward, would like you to go down the entrepreneurship route.
1: Yeah. I mean, I look like I I I view my time at Goldman. It was incredibly valuable. Like it was um it's the perfect training grounds really for anyone who's uh who's coming out of coming out of college. You just you get to work with it's never good to be the smartest person in the room and at Goldman you're never the smartest person in the room. There's always like, I don't know, fifty percent of the room is always just leaps and bounds ahead of you. Um, so it's just, it's a really good training environment where you learn, um, you know, how to, how to analyze problems uh, quickly. Uh, you learn a very, very, uh, interesting version of, uh, of like work-life balance and sometimes what it takes to, uh, you know, to produce top tier results for your clients. Um, and so it really instilled in you this type of like the crazy work ethic. Almost. You can always tell, uh, you can always tell like a Goldman person when you meet a Goldman person, cause they all tend to be a little bit, you know, we're little a little bit different. Um but the the funny thing is that it actually translates really, really well to the entrepreneurial mindset. Like I'm sure you've you you you've experienced in your own entrepreneurial journey, like sometimes you just gotta put your nose to the grindstone and, and get through the problem, whatever it is, you know, like we we either if there's a wall in your way, you either figure out how to go around the wall or through the wall. Um and so that's like that that training um I think is is core to any any founder, any entrepreneur, they have that that similar work ethic and that similar mindset. Um in terms of what what led me to to gain the confidence to to leave Goldman, I mean I um, you know, I, I had been there at that point for for about three years. Um, you know, I was I had just applied to uh to to I had just been accepted to the University of Chicago for for the MBA program. I knew I had designs to get go to the law school as well. Um and so really it was just it was a an exciting opportunity where um, you know, I knew I was going to be going to graduate school, but I also knew that I didn't just want to go to grad school. I wanted to be, yeah, I wanted to be doing something. Um, and so the fact that my brother called me with this, with this proposition, were basically, you know, he was going to be the, the real estate guy. He was going to be the boots on the ground. He was going to be the, 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 you know, the guy running the real estate side of the business and my job, my role as a partner for this originally was going to be, you know, as the finance guy, as the fundraiser. As the 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 one who was diligencing projects and making sure that they penciled, you know, the underwriter, um, and so it was really just this this amazing opportunity uh, for me to learn more. Um, and they they say that you know like when you when you've been in a job for 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 a while, you know, like it's 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 nice to try something new because that's how you run into new problems. That's how you how you get to learn more. Um, and so really it was that excitement that let me let me just say like all right like let's let's do this. Uh, let's see what it's what it's actually going to take. Um, What's very interesting about our founding journey is that when we partnered up, you know, we were flipping homes. Uh, we weren't building a tech company originally. Uh, but when it came time to, to say, like, let's, let's go out and let's actually, you know, deploy capital and start bringing properties under contract and start, you know, start figuring out which neighborhoods we should be operating and what we should be doing with those properties to generate the best returns for our investors, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, that's really where, uh, that, that's really where we started to, Say, well, what, you know, what we're, we're not just, uh, we're not just developers. We're not just real estate guys. Like we have all these other experiences that we can draw on to really de-risk this process. Um, so I've always been, uh, I've, I've been a finance nerd. I, I've mentioned that, but I also have always been super, super into data science. Um, so I took uh, a whole host of, of uh, my undergraduate work in quantitative economics was done on the econometric side of things in terms of, you know, how do we build? How do we build predictive algorithms um, and apply them to different, you know, different verticals uh, in my business school career? You know, I, I one of my concentrations was in, in econometrics and statistics. Uh, so focused on big data, um, focused on this sort of quantitative modeling to, to, uh, to make predictions accordingly. So we actually built the first version of our technology platform. We were our first customers. Uh, so we actually built the first version of our platform. It was in a, a, a very bootleg version you know was like like a boot uh it was a bootleg version of our platform not not bootleg it was a uh it was bootleg it was it wasn't it was it was something uh it was built in a combination uh, like i was doing the statistical modeling in in r uh we were doing the financial modeling in excel and uh, in all of the data using ggx right so it was it was very much a working tech product but it was just not centralized not localized um and it was meant to de-risk ourselves. Um so we really quickly realized when we started going out there and started, you know, looking at real estate deals and figuring out which transactions we actually wanted to do that we were just wasting so much time and effort on the actual deal analysis and deal sourcing part of the puzzle. Um and that that deal flow was actually like we saw it that it was going to be a huge obstacle towards us scaling up because what we quickly learned was Everything was manual. Um, there's all this data that's out there on the market. Um, all that data is is super messy, uh, super difficult to pull together, and then not just you know get it into one place, but also to analyze it. And we were analyzing you had to analyze deals on a site by site basis, where you know either uh, either we would drive by something, which I think is pretty much what what every single flipper in the world does. They do drive bys of neighborhoods, or you know the agents that we were working with would bring us deals. Um, but ultimately we were just wasting time underwriting and checking out deal that they didn't make sense. They didn't pencil for some reason or another. And the only way that we would figure that out is after we did a deep dive on it. Um, and so that's really where, where the sort of the, the genesis for, for the arts platform comes from was this, this realization of saying, well, wait a second, you know what everyone, everyone has this, this searching for deals perspective where they have an address in mind and then they drill down into it. What if we could analyze every single property in advance across a market? And what if we could, we could automate that leveraging artificial intelligence? What if we could, what if we could do that? Then we could flip the search process on its head where instead of saying, Hey, I have an address in mind. Does it pencil? We could just say, Hey, arcs show me every single property that pencils according to, you know, how much capital I want to deploy, what type of projects I want to do. What my timeframes are, what ultimately, what is my internal rate of return, which is, you know, what, what I care about from a deployment of capital perspective. Um, and so that, that flipping of the script, um, is ultimately what, uh, you know, what, what really led us to be successful as flippers in the sense that, you know, we, we sold our, our, our very first project and we set a price per square foot, uh, record in the market, right? And from a profit perspective, uh, phenomenal. So like that. It was really like these these proof points that showed, well, wait a second, you know, this type of technology actually could make a huge difference uh, for the delivery of real estate in the market.
0: I love that you guys came up with that idea based on solving your own problem of like you trying to flip the house yourselves then being like, there must be a better way of doing this. <laughs> and then you're like, why can't we somehow yeah. <laughs> do this at scale instead of wasting all this time? I think that's the perfect way to, to actually build a company and love that you guys did it very manually in the early days because... I think that's how you iterate and figure out like what's the best way of building it. Yeah, um, right. I guess like what you guys are building is a pretty tough problem to tackle. Like, and a lot of people have very different opinions as to like, that is evaluation my own model had. Like everyone has differences of opinions when it comes to modeling at real estate. So we'd love to hear maybe, what are some of the major challenges you guys have faced as you've been building ARCs? And you know, are you guys operating in every single market in the U.S. or are you tied to certain geographies?
1: Those are those are two very good questions. Uh, so first off, I'll, I'll
0: start with sort of the challenges.
1: So to give you to, so right now, we only operate in a few select markets. Actually, I guess both of these questions tie together really nicely. So we're only in a few select markets. We're, we're in uh, King County, where Seattle is located, uh, and then Southern California. So uh, Los Angeles County, as well as Orange County um the platform is extremely scalable uh we can deploy it into a new market in about two to three weeks um so it's it's very easy for us to pick up and put down uh we're actually in the process right now of working with uh working to launch a few pilot programs in a couple of new markets so hopefully uh you know in the in the the next couple of 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 weeks or months here you're going to see that geographic coverage start to expand rapidly um the the actual like the, the core challenge of, of what we're doing. So just to give you a sense of scale. So in the in the free markets that we're currently in, uh, we cover about it's about two and a half million residential properties. Um, and on those two and a half million residential properties, every single time I we hit go on our system, every single time we run our system, we're running about over 12 million future simulations on those two and a half million properties. And when i say a simulation what i mean is what what our system is doing is we're ingesting all sorts of data so the tax assessment data the deed and recorder information the building footprint data parcel boundary data uh, permit data uh, cost data zoning data all of these different data sets are being ingested into our system and what we're then doing is we've trained a number of different uh, so many different uh, algorithms on those underlying data sets and all these algorithms work in tandem with the ultimate goal of underwriting the future of the real estate market from the perspective of an investor developer. So for every single one of these two and a half million properties, our, our system goes to that site, says what's on that site, figures out what types of properties could be on that site. And then it builds the literal financial model that an investor developer would build if they were going to pencil out that site. Everything from, and we have algorithms that are making predictions on everything from. How long is it going to take to get this building configuration and this specific municipality through the permanent approvals process to what types of building configurations can actually be built on this site to what are the expected hard costs, the soft costs, the expected sales price? Are we looking at uh, automated comparables transactions for both the the, the acquisitions price, the, 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 the after construction value? All of these things which are in and of themselves probably companies on their own. Um, we are rolling up into one product that the, the ultimate goal is to simulate the future of the real estate market to allow folks to efficiently allocate their capital and time into the market. Um, so it is just getting the system off the ground um, was the first major hurdle for us. There's obviously uh, there's an incredible amount of 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 um, of nuance to the al- different algorithms that we've uh, that we've trained and built. Um, there's an incredible amount of computational challenge in terms of optimization, uh, that we've had to solve, uh, solve for. And so really it's, it's been a combination of, of these two things that have ultimately led us towards putting, putting together the platform in a way that it works today. Um, and it, it, it's very, very fast. It's very, very efficient. Um, and it's something that honestly, like people find it hard to believe, uh, when they see it for the first time, which is, uh. Which is really exciting for us. Um, to your point on, uh, on, um, you know, everyone has their own unique secret sauce or their own way of viewing the market. Um, that is an incredibly astute point, And that is a point that, uh, you know, you've realized faster than I realized it, even though I'm the one who's building the company. Uh, so that's, that's, a, that's a, that's a, that's props to you. Um, so yeah, so, so just to talk a little bit about that, so like when we first started off with our product, the first version of our product, uh, the best way to think about it was it's a normalized underwriting of the real estate market. So it's assuming everyone who's logging into the system has the same, uh, timelines for constructions, the same cost of capital, the same, you know, they look at the market from this uniform way. Um, and that's that, you know, that's as a starting point, that is by far the best way to start. We're built a normalized underwriting, of the real estate market anyone can log in and then can start to fine tune the assumptions for their own individual secret sauce at a property by property level. That was step one. Um, what we're, what we're working on launching right now and what's actually going to be going live, uh, which is is going live, I believe it's this week, um, is sort of V2 of the product. Uh, and what this allows folks to do is let's say you're a, let's say you're, um, uh, you're a home builder, Uh, and that you, you know, you've got your 10 libraries, right? These are stamped. These are approved plans. Like you've worked with your architect on them. You know, the square footage of those plans, you know, all of the underwriting assumptions associated with those plans, right? So, you know, how long it takes you to, to, to build it, you know, how much it costs you to build it on a per square foot basis. Like you want to hold some of those assumptions fixed. Uh, what we're now able to do is we're actually able to ingest your own custom underwriting and deployed across the entire real estate market. So if you operate, you're a builder, you operate across, uh, across LA County, uh, we can adjust all of your underwriting and custom underwrite all of Los Angeles to your unique perspective, your unique, uh, development criteria. Um, and that's really where we're, you know, it, it's, it's the sort of the next logical step, uh, for the platform. Um, and you can, what, what's cool about this is that, you know, you can give us as much information or as little information as you want. Um, so let's say you want to, you, you know um, you know LA really well and you want to see how your your construction uh, how your underwriting operates in Orange County but you don't know anything about the permit approvals process in Orange County. What you can do is you can give us all of your underwriting criteria and we can let our algorithm populate the building permanent approvals timelines for Orange County so you can just really quickly test out you know what does this look like from an expansion perspective um this we're, we're super excited to launch this uh to launch this this new version of the product um we're working on some really really exciting pilot pro- like pilot programs uh focused on on this uh, on this specific new advancement uh, and i think this is gonna be something that uh people are gonna get really really excited about
0: no that's awesome I, th- A, that sounds really cool um to the point around like every investor having a nuanced take like I think you guys realizing that as you're building this and then iterating the product to basically incorporate that is really smart. And I think it leads to like a perfect follow-up question around there's been a few companies that have tried tackling this. Some of them have grown, others have failed. Like I like I I'm curious as to what's your unique take. And maybe the unique take is like letting investors incorporate a lot of their personal nuances and how they do underwriting. I think I haven't heard of any other companies doing that to date. So very curious, like what you think has, you know, been some challenges for other companies doing something like this.
1: Yeah, I mean, there there's uh, like, there's always, every, there's, there's always, a, there's a lot of different ways to to tackle these different problems, right? So I think there, there's a lot of great companies that are tackling similar challenges that are tackling slightly different challenges or targeted at different markets. Um, but really, I think what what sets the Arts platform apart uh, is this realization for the fundamental need to flip the search equation. Um, so when we look at the market, what we see a lot of folks doing are um, are like optimizations of single sites. So you have a, it's it's sort of, it's automating the existing process of sourcing and diligencing where somebody has an address in mind, they pop it in, you know, they pull up all the relevant data on that site, which is you know convenient. And you start to, you know, see what is the highest and best use of this property. What should I, what should I be building? Or what, or sorry, actually, it's like, what can I be building? And then the user is tailoring it to what they should be building. Um, really, from our perspective, when we set out to build this company, we knew that if we were you know, going down the, just from our own operational experience, uh, single site optimization is great from the perspective of it does automate that laborious process that a lot of real estate professionals currently find themselves in where they have an address in mind and they do it. But purely from a from a financial perspective, or if you're thinking about I want to deploy X amount of capital over Y amount of time into the real estate market, a single site optimization tool doesn't really help you answer that question. And this is something that we realized, which is that I could be looking at you know this project, uh, at one two three you know ABC Street, um, and one two three ABC Street is actually a good project, right? Let's say it's got I'm digging into it. The fundamentals are strong. Looks like it'd be a, a great fit for me it generates a 20% unlevered IRR. I'm just going to throw it, whatever. But at the same time, I've spent all this time diligencing this property, and maybe there was a couple of addresses two doors down or on the next block or on the next street, which meet my investment and development criteria precisely to the same level as this project. And on a risk-adjusted basis, actually is going to yield a 30% return or a 35% return. There's so much money and like there's so much capital that's being left on the table just by doing this sort of single site optimization, that, 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 that's really what, what, you know, was the, the, the moment where we said, wait a second, you know, we, we need to flip this search equation on its head. And the only way that we can flip the search equation on its head is if we are mass simulating the real estate market in advance. That's the only way we can do it. Um, because if you're not, if you're not considering every possible out- avenue of every single property from the get go before somebody even logs into your platform, Then we're doing, you know, we're doing a disservice to the folks who are trying to invest and develop real estate because we're all we're doing is we're making their existing process faster. When in fact, we could be both making their existing process faster and generating them a significantly higher ROI uh, for the deployment of time and capital into the market. Um, so that was that, that's really what, you know, what we see as our, you know, our key differentiator, our secret sauce. Um, it's, it's, we have invested a tremendous amount of, 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 um, a a tremendous amount in just being able to pre-simulate the market in advance versus looking at a specific address and starting to dig into it at that point.
0: I love that. No, that's such a great answer (laughs) because like the way (laughs) I was even thinking about how you would respond to that was not at all tied to how people even think about searching for properties, but more so tied to like why they're even searching, which is capital deployment and ROI. Yeah. So, yeah that yep. was really, really cool. Um, so I, I guess I have, I to mean, ask and, and y- you can even um, get, Oh, sorry. Okay. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Please, please. Oh, no, I, I was going to okay. say I'll, that I'll... one of
1: like, one of the biggest challenges that I think we have a lag. It's okay. <laughs> I'll just, I'll say one of the, one of the biggest challenges that we have as a, as a, as a country, when it comes to the real estate industry from a deployment of capital perspective is there's the, The public side of things and the regulation side of things zoning code building code local overlays that dictates what can you build and then there's the private side of the market which you know obviously has to generate a return right there has to be an incentive for them to deliver more housing and so one of the one of the key challenges that we see you know arcs really helping this this uh, the problem that we're trying to solve is where is the, you know, the, the overlap between what can be done and what should be done, right? So that we can more efficiently allocate people's time and capital into delivering sorely needed uh, more housing for this country. And I apologize that, that our, our wires got crossed here. I will now go silent.
0: <laughs> no, no worries. And I love that mission around building more housing. We have, as a country, huge, huge underdevelopment of housing, So, especially in California. I was there for five years. have seen it firsthand. The lack thereof I yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess based on what you're building, I have to ask this question. Um, you know what do you think people get wrong when they're underwriting real estate deals? like what are some of the big mistakes you think people make, given the platform you're building is doing this at scale yeah, I mean one of the it's less about what folks
1: get wrong and more about um more about how they are solving the problem. So like what what we see is we see a lot of people who throw bodies at the problem um, because it makes sense, right? Like if if I have to underwrite, if I have to make a hundred offers to get five properties under contract, uh, I need to underwrite, you know, lots and lots and lots and lots of properties to actually have consistent deal flow at scale. Um, and so one of the ways that we've seen folks solve solve this problem is, through literally just through adding bodies um, and look I'm, I'm an ex investment banker I know that adding bodies can can really actually make things significantly better um, but at a certain point in time there' you know especially now in the in sort of the, the digital age that we're in with the advance of artificial intelligence and computational power and all these different resources um, bodies are not a solution for the problem you can hire you know you could hire 20 people. And the ARX platform will still be able to deliver results faster than them. I, I, can, I can underwrite a market in a couple of hours, um, 20 people to underwrite a market. It's still going to take them probably a few months um, to do that first pass on the market. And then what, what's happened in that point of time, all of their underwriting is stale, right? Because the real estate market has not stopped and time has not paused for three months or four months or five months or however long it's taking them. Everything's updated. Um, So really, that's, that's really the, you know, the the mistake that I see is people treat, uh, you know, treat this as a problem that should be solved with more bodies, uh, when in reality, it's a problem that needs to be solved by leveraging artificial intelligence and leveraging computational power. Um, In terms of the most, uh, like, what is the one thing that will ruin a development deal uh, out of everything, uh, every single variable in your financial underwriting model, um, it's got to be the permanent approval timeline. Um, like that, that more, more than anything, you know, if you, a deal looks phenomenal, uh, if you're going to make, like, let's say you're doing a full gut renovation, you need to go through the permitting process or you're doing tear down new construction, you need to go through the permitting process. If you're in a market that you haven't operated in yet, and you're not familiar with how long that process can take, um, you can find yourself way over your skis on a project that otherwise looks phenomenal just because you didn't budget for the fact that actually in this, you know, in this municipality. Uh, luxury single family home of, of the scale that you want to build is going to take nine months to get through the permitting process. Um, that can totally eradicate any semblance of, of internal rate of return that you were shooting for, um, just because you misjudged it to be four months instead of nine months. Um, so that's, that's like the number one variable in a financial model that, that really can throw people off,
0: um, from an underwriting
1: perspective. For me, in my opinion. Yeah. I feel like happy to hear other people's.
0: Yeah, no, I feel like people always underestimate how quick the government process for like permits goes. Always takes longer than you think it's going right. to take. <laughs> yep. um, very much so. Yeah, g- given you guys are seeing, you know, so many valuations at scale, I know right now very focused in California. Would love your take on just the macro environment and where you see, you know, residential real estate and maybe even commercial, but that's its own beast, going in the next few years like do you think we're going into a recession for real estate prices? Do you think we're going to continuously go up into the right? So many people have different takes. Very interested to hear what yours is. Yeah.
1: Um, well, first off, you know, I, I know we're in the business of of predictions, but I, I want to use this uh, this moment just to make the statement that you know, our, our predictions are predictions, right? And you know, we 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 do we we are attempting to simulate the future of the real estate market. We are building that crystal ball. Um, but predictions are predictions, right? Artificial intelligence is a tool to be leveraged uh in order to make smarter decisions faster. Um, but anyone who blindly trusts uh the machines, you know, you if you remember that episode of The Office where Michael drives into the lake, um, that's that's always my uh my my reference point for folks where I say, you know, make sure that you are also, you know, diligencing things with your own uh, you know, your your own two eyes and your your experience. Um where the real estate market's going, look, like I I it's a it is it is a relatively tough macro environment right now, I think, particularly for much more more so for the commercial side of things than the residential side of things. Um, you know, there are there is a whole I think the, the commercial market in particular, we're going to see a whole lot of, of um, a whole lot of turmoil over the next couple of years. Uh, and that's that's something that, you know, people are much, much smarter people than I. Uh, you know I'm, I'm not gonna say much more than that. They have their opinions, they have their their data, they have their research. On the residential side of things, uh, you know we see things we, we, the way that we see the market um, is that the, ultimately this boils down to there's a supply 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 side problem on the residential side of the market. Um, there is nowhere near anywhere near enough supply to meet uh, the demand and the appetite for um, for housing in this country. You know we, we touched on this earlier. Ah, uh, there's a massive supply shortage on the resi side of of of, of the industry, um, and I think that that supply shortage is more than enough to outweigh uh, sort of the the headwinds that the industry's facing in terms of you know higher higher mortgage rates and, and sort of uncertainty in the economy, things like that. Um, we have seen some some softening uh, in some of the residential real estate markets, but really um, softening in terms of uh, slightly slight softening right like nothing nothing like um like a recession um nothing like uh like a like a crash um and so that's that's at least what, what we're seeing on on our side of the market um with that said uh you know one of the sort of the hallmark theses of um you know that we we can take with us from from finance and from investment banking is that you know regardless of where we are in the market cycle you know markets go up markets go down um, there is still always investment opportunities. There are still always development opportunities, and the key is how do we identify those investment and development opportunities as efficiently as possible. Um, so maybe there's a downturn in you know one one particular sub vertical within a macro vertical, but all that means is that there's an opportunity opening up somewhere else. And our job as you know as a as a real estate analytics business is to help our clients identify. You know, when one door is closing, which other doors are opening and where should you be focusing and where should you be deploying your time and capital? Um, and that's that's something that I, I you know, I've, I've been through. Uh, I've been through a, a couple of these, uh, a couple of these more macro market cycles at this point. Um, and that's really always has always been the takeaway, right? Where there's, where there is, uh, where there's a downturn in one section, there's always another opportunity opening up somewhere else. Um, and so it's just about how do we identify those opportunities in a in a rapid, efficient fashion?
0: Oh, thanks for sharing. Um, I think very much can agree with there's a huge supply shortage in this country. And I think media loves to cover whenever real estate prices drop. It's like, oh, it's dropping five or 10 percent without people realizing like, oh, this thing's gone up like two or three or four X, depending on where you're looking. Yeah. Five percent, 10 percent pullbacks, nothing. <laughs> um absolutely so want to switch a bit shift gears a bit and just hear more about you know your journey so i guess you know looking back on your time building arcs like anything you wish you would have told yourself when you're first starting your founder journey of like any advice you would give to any listeners that are thinking about starting their journey
1: i i knew starting a company was was going to be difficult um don't get me wrong i didn't i i didn't quite like it it, there is there it's it's hard to overstate how difficult it is to start a company and i'm sure you know you you can empathize with this like there are so many challenges like that you have never even thought about before in your life um that come up when you're starting a company uh there are so so just so many different things from whether it's 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 like it's, I, I don't know, it's like whether it's just internal management of setting up your own company's Slack account and like running that versus like, you know, working and interfacing with lawyers or, you know, I've gone through um, the patent process with our technology and then I've, I've drafted, you know, portions of that, that patent application. And there's just so many uh, different elements of a business that, you know, when you're working at a larger scale enterprise or a corporation, you kind of take these things for granted, um, and then when it's your own company, it's it's like, well, wait a second. You know, your job as as founder is is to do, you know, it's to do your job. You know, whether you're you're the CEO, that might be interfacing with investors and raising capital and setting strategic direction, or if you're on like if you're a CTO side, it's you know driving technology and what types of, of products are uh, delivery are we going to be doing. But really, your job as a founder is to do quite literally anything. Um anything and everything that comes up that is not the provenance of of somebody uh that's your job uh so whether you know you like right I, we're fully remote, so uh you know fortunately you hear you hear you hear stories of people where the you know the 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 founder is both the guy who's running and getting the the food for the office or they're plunging the toilets or you know all that sort of stuff like I'm fully remote, so I haven't had to do that, but that would very much fit under my job description were i uh were we to have an office um it's it's really you you do the buck stops with you as the founder um there's nobody else there's nobody to blame there's no you know you are the the soul um uh, you are the 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 one who you handle everything that's miscellaneous um and so i think that's something that i knew about and i had heard about and i talked to founders about but it's really hard to appreciate sort of the the intensity and the pressure of building a company until you do it um and so that's that's like something that i you know, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't trade this for the world. I'd choose this a hundred out of a hundred times, but it's something where it's like, Oh, like I, if I had known that maybe I would have, I don't know, mentally prepared myself better or, 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 you know, take, take taken some miscellaneous, uh, maybe some different coursework in, in academia to prepare myself for, uh, for all these different things. But, um, no, my, my advice for, for other founders is one, be aware of that. But, um, really it's, it's, you have to, you have to, you have to be passionate, right? Like you, you, the problem that you're trying to solve, the business that you're trying to build, um, you know, every founder that I meet, what I love about talking to other founders, everyone is super, super, super passionate. They are 100% the, like the expert on the domain of their business that they're building. Um, And I find that to be like, that is something that is extremely necessary. If you're, if you just want to start a company for the sake of starting a company, uh, my advice would be don't do it um my advice would be you know you, you should you should find something that you are extremely passionate about that you live and breathe and sleep and eat and whatever um because that's what it like that's what it is uh you wake up you think about your company you go to sleep you think about your company uh domingo i know I, I mentioned you know this is this is something that we were talking about before we started recording this is not just about you uh it's about your partner right if you're, you're you know if you're you're in a relationship with somebody with your family your loved ones your friends like being a founder um is something that really involves everyone that knows you um in your in your in your life um and it has and it has effects on all of those people right and so it's it's something where if you're not if you don't wake up every day and you say you know like i know that i have to do this this is my purpose um you're gonna it's gonna be very very hard uh to 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 you know you, you you'll make it somewhere but it's going to be very, very hard to continue to pick yourself up day after day because uh, being a founder is a very volatile journey. There's a lot of really high highs, a lot of really low lows, and a lot of just that kind of in-between space where you're doing the, you're doing the dishes like of, of the business. Um, and so it's, it's important to have that purpose that drives you, uh, that makes you want to engage every single day.
0: Um, so, yeah. That was an, a great answer. Um, and I really, really <laughs> empathize with a lot of what you said. Um, I did Techstars earlier this year, which is an accelerator. We were in Boulder and RMD told us like, How many of you here wake up every day feeling dread? And like you're just thinking, like, what am I gonna do today? And feeling a ton of worry. And then like most people raise their hands and they're like, Okay, well that's normal. If you feel like that for like yeah. a month straight, well, maybe now you have a problem. <laughs> but it's very <laughs> grueling. So, yeah, yeah, glad to hear I'm not the only one feeling that way and that you feel somewhat similar to us and every founder, I think, feels that, um, especially in the early stages. So, Um, So. yeah, well, these are all the questions I had for you. Um, If there's anything else you want to call out um, or like if people in the audience or people listening want to learn more about you or ARCs, where should they go?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can, you can drop by our website. Uh, it's arx.city. Uh, so that's arx period c i t y. Uh, you can also email me directly, uh, Tomas, T O M A S at arx.city. Um, you know, we're, we're working with, uh, we're working with builders. We're working with investors. We're working with developers. Um, starting, to, starting right now actually to, to, to discuss with some institutional REITs out there. Um, so, you know, there's, we, we like talking to people from all across the real estate industry. Uh, our, our, our mission really is how do we get, uh, how do we cut through all of this inefficiency and deliver more housing, uh, to a country that sorely needs it? So even if you're not an operator and you're just, you know, somebody else in the industry, another founder, uh, somebody who wants to, you know, who wants to share war stories and commiserate, uh, I would be, I would love to meet you. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, Domingo, we were talking about, you know, just the, the value that you can get just from, swapping stories and meeting other fa- other founders in the prop tech space so um uh, would love to would love to connect with other people uh no yeah if if, if what i said today was of any interest uh, at
0: all uh so yeah yeah for anyone listening please hit up the mass very open to connecting so um well thanks everyone for listening to the seventh episode of groundbreakers we drop episodes every tuesday morning we will continue to have guests like Thomas share their story so thank you so much for coming on Tomas.
1: Oh, thank you very much for having me, Domingo.
0: Appreciate it.